she doesn't learn how to make change, which is you make change yourself. She doesn't learn that lesson from law school. She learns that lesson from her mom. And, and to me, that lesson is vital. And that's all we're trying to do with these books. And, and I think it's the reason your daughters love her is here's a, a, just a, a badass woman who makes change on her own. And right. that's, you know, women aren't taught that lesson, and we need to teach our kids that lesson. Hi there, and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Brad Melcher is the Yemi-nominated number one New York Times best-selling author of The Lightning Rod, The Escape Artist, and 11 other best-selling thrillers. He also writes nonfiction books like The Nazi Conspiracy about a secret plot to kill FDR, Stalin, and Winston Churchill at the height of World War II, and The Ordinary People Change the World Kids Book series, which inspired the PBS kids TV show Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum. His newest books are I Am Mr. Rogers and I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg. In addition to his fiction, Brad is one of the only authors to ever have books on the bestseller list for nonfiction, advice, children's books, and even comic books, for which he won the prestigious Eisner Award. We are honored to have Brad Melcher join us here on Celebrity Salute. Brad, how are you? So good to be here. Hey, thank you so much. And this is perfect for our audience, which is active duty military uh, veterans and their families. Because, uh, I mean, to say that you're really into history, it's kind of an understatement, right? Uh, I am definitely a history nerd, for sure, about that. <laughs> well, and I think that's so important, you know. And uh, this latest book in your series of uh, of the Ordinary People Change the World series, I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, it's a 30-second in the series. How do you find the people you want to write about? What what inspires you to to go after certain people? Yeah, you know, when we started the series, it was it was easy to pick them because it was the most famous, lovable heroes, right? We started with I'm Amelia Earhart, I'm Abraham Lincoln. It was a series that I designed because I wanted to give my own kids better heroes to look up to, teach them kindness, teach them perseverance. Mm. And now this is a 10-year anniversary of the of the I Am series, and it was the number one most requested hero we got was I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That wow. was it. Wow. So here we are, just listening to the kids who are, at this point, you know, they just make demands of us. They don't even ask nicely. They just say, this is what I want. <laughs> That's right. Put it on the paper. Get it in there. <laughs> and you worked with everybody, uh, Dolly Parton, Billie Jean King, Jane Goodall. I mean, all of these are such fascinating individuals. Where do you start? You know, we start, obviously, with their biographies in their own words. But like you said, we go to the real people. So we work with Dolly Parton on her book and Jane Goodall on her book. Billie Jean King spent two hours on the phone with me correcting every color of her sneakers in every match. She remembered and knew which ones and what color they were. Wow. Um, for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her, Justice Ginsburg's mother was one of my professors in law school. Really? So I got to go to her and say, hey, I'd love help. You know, and, and what's great is you can get stories that you otherwise I would never hear and details I, would, I should say I would never hear. And I love the fact, you know, there's a story in the book when, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a little girl, um, she used to, you know, we think of her as a serious Supreme Court justice. Right. She was a little girl. She just wanted to climb trees and go on adventures. And at that time, that wasn't something girls did. They would say, you can't do that. Girls can't do that. 
<laughs> but it's her mother who breaks that stereotype. Her mom used to take it to the library every Friday afternoon and tell her you could take out five books, Ruth. And the books among the ones she loved most were books about real heroes. Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman. And in that, she got one of the greatest lessons in life, which is there's absolutely nothing that a girl can't do. Wow. And I want my daughter to have that lesson. I want my sons to have that lesson. That, as a book, is what I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg is about. There's no politics in it. It's, it's these inspiring stories for your kids. And, Brad, you mentioned your daughter. I've got two daughters, and it's so funny. I mean, we, we have great communication, uh, but I had no idea until Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg passed away what an impact and what a hero she was to them. And it it was it was kind of shocking to me because you know we didn't talk about Ruth <laughs> any of the Supreme Court justices a lot, but uh, I think just as a woman and just uh, something that uh, that she achieved in her life, both of my daughters just looked at her as a, an incredible hero. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. I mean, you know, and and again, you know, we put in the book we put I put Sandra Day O'Connor in there. I put Amy Coney Barrett in there. I put Katanji Brown Jackson in there. I put them all in there because they're all inspiring, but there's no one that is equal Ruth Bader Ginsburg's fame. And I think the reason is, is because she changes the world even before she's a Supreme Court justice. When she's a little girl, her mother used to take her, instead of having birthday parties for her, would take her to the local Jewish orphanage and they would give away ice cream to the orphans. She learned to serve people, to be a good person. And that's not, you know, she doesn't learn how to make change, which is you make change yourself. She doesn't learn that lesson from law school. She learns that lesson from her mom. And, and to me, that lesson is vital. And that's all we're trying to do with these books. And, and I think it's the reason your daughters love her is here's a, a, just a, a badass woman who makes change on her own. And right, that's, right. you know, women aren't taught that lesson, and we need to teach our kids that lesson. Now, you also did I Am Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and I've got I got a little history of Mr. Rogers because I worked in Pittsburgh in uh, in radio for a while in the same building where they they filmed uh, Mr. Rogers. How was that experience? It's Mr. Rogers, man. It's the coolest, right? <laughs> right. I mean, Mr. Rogers is the nicest guy. We work with Mr. with Fred Rogers Productions, and and again, I'll give you. You know, we always tell the stories when they're kids in the books. That's why kids like the books. Yeah, because they hear stories about themselves. And we think of Mr. Rogers as this perfect guy. But when he's a little boy, he gets bullied. He gets chased home from school. He gets so mad. Mr. Rogers, so mad as a little kid. He mails away for those, um, you know, those, like, uh, things in the back of comic books that would say, like, kick sand in my face. Like, no, <laughs> right, right. And he orders away. But, of course, he doesn't get muscles from them. What he gets, though, is a lesson from his mom. Again, his mother. And his mother finds out that there are some kids in his school who are uh, basically don't have money. They can't afford new sneakers. The nurse tells the mom about it. And the mother sends new sneakers to the school, to the school nurse, but doesn't take credit for it. Then finds out about kids who need clothes, kids who need furniture. She Mom sends those to the nurse. Nurse gives them away again. But the mother, Mr. Rogers' mother, never takes credit. What does Mr. Rogers learn? How to be a good neighbor. Wow. And it's his mother who, when he's scared gives them life's greatest advice as far as I'm concerned. It says, look for the helpers. There'll always be a helper. Mm. And we always attribute that quote when there's a national disaster. We, we People put that quote on the Internet and say, look what Mr. Rogers said. It wasn't Mr. Rogers. It was his mother. Mm. And I love the fact that I get to teach kids that, you know, there's no one like you. 
When I was five years old, Mr. Rogers taught me that you can use your creativity to put good into the world. And that's all I'm trying to do here with the Ordinary People Change the World books. I'm just trying to put some good back in the universe. Well, and not only that, Brad, but I mean, you're, you're also doing something important as far in terms of history. Because, uh, you know, the way that the news cycle spins right now and as fast as things go – a lot of people don't have time to look back and, and find out about people, and, and, and the, especially the little details uh, about the most important people in history. And I think that's so important, for, especially for kids to look back, right? A hundred percent. Listen, we all know this. We've all heard it. If you don't study your history, you're doomed to repeat it. But, you know, to me, well, we, we make it a huge disservice with our heroes these days. We build these monuments of our heroes. We carve them out of granite. And then we all go worship them in Washington, D.C. or anywhere else around the country. But we do the people a huge disservice because we turn them into these lowercase g gods as if they're perfect. And they're not. Anyone you look up to, whether it's Amelia Earhart, Rosa Parks, Dr. King, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Mr. Rogers, they all have moments where they were scared and they were terrified. And they didn't think they could go on. Anyone you look up to had a moment where they were scared and terrified. But they go on and they go forward. And we got to remind our kids that these people are just like us. And that's why in every book we draw them like little kids, always. You know, Mr. Rogers, we draw, even when he has hosts the show, we draw him like a six-year-old because these are books for like four or five years old. Right, right. Years. And it's so kids can see these aren't the stories of famous people. This is what we're all capable of on our very best days. That's what the I Am series is all about. I love that. Love uh, I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So you talk about uh, everybody was scared. Was Brad Meltzer ever scared? Was Did Brad Meltzer ever go through a, a period where he thought he would never be published? Listen, I got, on my very first book, uh, I got 24 rejection letters. Wow. There were only 20 publishers. I got 24 rejection letters. Which means <laughs> like, they, they passed it around to other publishers who didn't like it. That's right. So, and, and you know what I said? I said, if they don't like that book, I'm going to write another. And if they don't like that book, I'm going to write another. And I believe to this day... Whatever it is you choose to do, whether you want to write books, you want to be a Supreme Court justice, you want to host your own kids' TV show, don't let anyone tell you no. Mm. Got to teach your kids that. Don't let them tell you no. Keep going. That's powerful. And now, what, what about this? You were recruited by the Department of Homeland Security to brainstorm different ways that terrorists might attack the U.S. Uh, I'm so glad you asked about that because I knew I was coming on your show. This was the <laughs> easiest phone call I've ever gotten. Um, and 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 what happened is, is right after 9-11, uh, they called me, the Department of Homeland Security called me and asked me to come in and brainstorm different ways that terrorists could attack the United States. My first thought was, if they're calling me, we have bigger problems than anybody. <laughs> thinks, right? Like, I mean, I write mysteries and thrillers for a living. I now do these kids' books as well. But what happened was, is, you know, when you have a bunch of terrorists who take a plane and turn it into a, a kamikaze missile, they wanted to bring together out-of-the-box thinkers who can come up with crazy ideas like that. And they would pair me up with a Secret Service agent and a chemist. They would give me a target like, you know, Los Angeles, big city. And we would, I'd come up with my crazy way in. Secret Service would tell me the better way to get in. The chemist would say, here's a, here's a let's use this chemical instead. It's, it'll dissipate less quickly in the air. And by the time we were done, we would destroy a major city in a half hour. And we would go home, you know, we don't go home feeling good that day. You go home feeling terrified. Right, right. But I got involved with Homeland Security, got me involved with doing USO tours. I've, I've toured the country with the USO, entertaining our troops all across the world. Been to Kuwait during the war, Oman, Qatar, Turkey, you name it, Cuba. 
Um, and I love the fact that I got involved with the military and started doing uh, so much USO touring for them. I love talking about, you know, I do, I do kids book work with the USO. I just went and did, uh, you know, everywhere in, in the Pacific theater, we did like 500 schools via zoom teaching kids some of these stories. And, and, you know, I know that so many of the real heroes out there, it's not just the people who serve. Of course, that's true. But we all know anyone who serves knows that your family, too, is making sacrifices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kids are, your wives and husbands are. And I love the fact that I get to go around the world and tell kids, we know that you're a hero, too. We know your dad and mom are heroes, too. But we know what your family does. And, and it's one of the great rewards I get from doing this series. Brad, thank you so much for telling me that, man. That, that is uh, that's so great, and it's so important. When you go out and you visit with the military, what do you find right now? Uh, you know, when you when you sit down with these young men and women, what strikes you? You know, what strikes me. Well, what you know, it's so funny. I I'll tell you, there's a great story. Um, I got a after nine eleven. I got a, an email came through my website, and it was by a sailor on a submarine, and he said, "I can't tell you where I am. It's a secret location." Well, we have some of your thrillers on board. And I just want to thank you because at this time of great stress, we don't have many books, but your book is just bringing me some calm that I need. Wow. And I thought, that's the nicest thank you I've ever heard. So I want to do something good by this guy. And I called my publisher and I said, can I get 10,000 books donated to the USO? <laughs> publisher says, my publisher says, sure. I'm like, that was easy. Yeah. I called another publisher. I said, can I get another 10,000 books? Yep. And another, yep. At the time I was done, I got 40,000 books donated to the USO. This is right at the, at the height of the war. Wow. Got involved with the USO, as I told you. And, um, and they took me over there to entertain the troops. And one of the first persons that, people that I see there is uh, this guy in the Army. And he says to me, I want to thank you, Brad, for donating all those books all those years ago. And I said, what are you talking about? How do you even know that? Nobody knows that. And he said, when I was stationed in Iraq and Afghanistan, I would see stacks of your books, and they would say, courtesy of the USO, I knew you had to have donated them. So I want to thank you, he says to me. I said, no, 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 you're getting it all wrong. I'm here to thank you. I'm here to thank you as a member of our military. And I was struck by that, and I, I said, you know what? i got to really do is thank that original guy from the submarine all those years ago. So I track him down when I get back from that tour. I track him down. I find his, his email bounced back, but I find his phone number. I, I call him up. I tell him the story. I said, you know, that letter you sent to me all those years ago from the submarine got me involved with USO. 40,000 books were donated all, you know, thanks to you. So I want to thank you. I figure he'll be all inspired. And instead, he basically is dead silent. Hmm. And you know when you're on the phone with someone, you know something's wrong? Right. And I say to him, are you okay? And he says, no. I said, what's wrong? And he says, my mother just died from breast cancer a few days ago. Uh. And what he has no idea of, is my mother had just died from breast cancer. Oh, my gosh. I to him, right, right there, I say to him, I say, listen, I said, I, I'm here. I think I'm here to deliver a message to you. He says, what's the message? I said, well, my mom just died of breast cancer. I said, everyone gave me useless advice. But one person told me really good advice that I think I'm supposed to tell you. And he says, what's the advice? I said, our mothers never leave us, ever. Mm. And he starts crying. And because he's crying, I'm getting emotional. I'm not one of those new-agey people who think that the world, you know, revolves around unicorns and glitter cannons. But, you know, sometimes we feel very alone in the universe. Right. And other times we feel like we're profoundly connected. So what my, to answer your question, what do I think about the military today? I think they need a thank you. So anyone you know who's out there serving, any, you know, like go say thank you. And if you're serving now, anyone who 
got you involved, told you you were good, something that first, you know, first, you know, gave you your first real job, thank them too. Um, and I, that's what I take away from it. We, we need to respect these men and women who are serving us, and, and they so appreciate it when you tell them that. So Absolutely. One, one of my favorites. Brad, thank you so much, man. It's been such a, an honor to talk to you. The new book, I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is available. And continued great success, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.